You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, what a show we have today, a Saturday afternoon program. Colt Chinero Chat is back in your ears. I'm Jeremy. I'm joined by Robbie. We are going to be breaking down everything as much as we can from this absolutely bonkers game at the Wanda Metropolitano. Atletico, Robbie, giving Valencia a taste of their own medicine. Earlier this season, Valencia launched that late comeback at Mestalla to draw 3-3. This time, Atletico behind 2-0 come back to win 3-2, and quite possibly save their season. Uh, what are the uh, sensaciones, the sensations that you get after watching this spirited comeback? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's, um, it's this is the beauty of football, isn't it? Like, we can mm. analyze it, we can talk about it, we can use statistics, we can use video footage and rewatch it and analyze, break it down, but at the end of the day, when things are going wrong for you, and when when which they have been for Atletico, and when when uh, everyone's criticizing you, and the fans are on your back at times, and, and and it just feels like nothing will go right, it doesn't really matter how you turn things around. Um, but you're getting a win like that. That's all that all that's left tonight is the memory that this Atletico team still has fight in it, and I think that we can talk about. Um, the fact that they got themselves into a two-nil hole, hole. The fact that Simeone was forced to make some outrageous subs. The game was bonkers, as in 
the Atletico, I don't know what, Rodrigo de Paul was playing right back, and yeah. Coca was yes, playing, he was. it was all over the place. It does None of that matters. Atletico scored three goals in 30 minutes, and they won 3-2. Uh, Thomas Lamar ran across the field to celebrate with Mario Hermoso after the goal Versalco was up Diego Simeone nearly had a heart attack yeah, he and did. the fans are back on side and that's all that we remember from this so we can talk about stats we can talk about it's, it's, it's still really not good but at the end of the day it doesn't matter because what's left from tonight is the feeling that this Atlético team uh, the, 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 the narrative I guess from the from tonight is that this Atletico team still has fight in it. Yeah, this is one of those games where the narrative is just extremely powerful, right? And it's one of those games where the statistics and the heat maps and the advanced metrics, they kind of take a backseat to the the emotion, the illusion, Robbie, that fabulous Spanish word that has so many different meanings. Uh, the enthusiasm, the, the response. Atletico finally showed some spirit. They finally showed some heart in launching this comeback uh and we're, we're going to talk all about it from as many different angles as we can but for the first hour it, it didn't look it, it looked like this was just another game in atletico's 21 22 season they fell behind 2-0 in the first half more defensive mistakes not much of a response or a clear plan and this really was a a game of two halves yeah, no, no, I, th- I think I think you said it was just another game this season, but it was worse than that. It was really, really. It, this was. I, I was I was texting my mates at halftime. Like I said, what, what, what do Atletico do? Like, do they? Something's gonna have to change here. Something's gonna have to happen. Uh, and it was that bad. I think I thought Koke looked completely like he's looked bad at times this season, and he's been. Um, He's been exposed as not being a defensive midfielder and not being able to kind of cover ground laterally as well as vertically. But uh, he, he looked really bad, and I just thought Atletico looked absolutely woeful defensively, and they didn't create anything either uh, in the first half. They didn't get one shot on target, um, yeah. and they, they, there was no urgency, and then they fell behind 2-0. And I just thought, uh, yeah, this was... All the nightmares were flooding back. All the, the the trauma of the last six months was coming back, and 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 I think Atletico were crying out for a hero. Like who is going to save us? They didn't know what to. They didn't. They don't. They don't typically know how to kind of um, attack with any kind of fluidity. So it was just a matter of just throwing bodies into the box and trying to figure out a way to get a goal. And uh, yeah, Simeone Simeone made the changes and they went all out. Uh, do I think it's a sustainable strategy going forward? No, no but I also think that that's what's wonderful about football—the fact that none of that matters. And I mean, you hear people criticizing the narrative sometimes, but sometimes humans that we we are storytellers. We like we 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 live and die by the narrative. Sometimes like that, it's it's really important, uh, and it was really important for these players to kind of feel that sense of togetherness and unity and and um and and the fact that that uh the yeah the the it can still be not a, not exactly a fairy tale ending to the season but they can still grind out results somehow because they do have the talent that's the other thing like when they do attack and, and kind of push 
I know t- tonight was mayhem. It wasn't like they attacked with any kind of coherency. But when they do push, um, push forward and try and look for goals, teams are afraid of them. Teams sit back and and, and get nervous because they've got so much talent and so much. Uh, even even Suarez, like I mean, I know Suarez. I've been crediting Suarez this season, but he, I mean, if you give him enough service into the box. He doesn't need to be involved in play. He doesn't need to be involved in the build-up and and, uh, and and things like that. He can just score goals and cause mayhem and, and throw himself about. So uh, yeah, I think I think I, I don't know if Simeone is going to change tack now just because of that result. But I hope he kind of feels like after that they've got nothing left to lose and and that that this team is worth maybe uh, taking a risk with going forward. Yeah, it is. Nothing to lose, right? Play with possession. Play play with energy. Play with heart. Take risks. Take gambles. Take chances. Because that's what Atletico did when they fell behind 2-0 two, uh, two tonight. Uh, that was really how the final half hour proceeded after, as you said, a, a woeful first hour of the game. And really throughout, the, the game was mayhem. Uh, a really inexperienced referee uh, who showed, I think, was it 11 cards in this game? Like 10 yellow cards and a red card for a member of Atletico's technical staff. Uh, it was just all over the place, just complete chaos. A great advert for La Liga, really. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't in know one sense. I think, I think they, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing Valencia players here, right? I think that they do, obviously, they probably are... Uh, one of the worst defenders for it, but they're all at it. I mean, this is this is a problem that Liga has. There, there was no fluid football at all played there tonight. I know we got the ending, and we don't really care about it, but it's an absolute disgrace, the amount of time wasted with players on the ground and and uh, diving and, and, and falling around the place. And uh, Yeah, we're, we're, we're left with this, uh, the, the, the win, obviously, the, the, the comeback win, and that's fine, but it's a complete utter disgrace, uh, the, the diving on the ground and all that. And that and uh, I leave the refereeing comments at that because I, I can be quite quick. I don't like it that either. I don't think it's really very helpful just giving out about refereeing either. And, and in the end, this is about the game and, and the performances of Atletico's players. And I, I don't know, in the end, would you say they deserved to win this game? Or does that yeah, not well, really I factor so. into it? Yeah, I think so. Well, I, I, th- I think Valencia, compl- that, that's the other thing. I mean, I think Valencia showed who they are as well. I mean, any, any, any other half-decent team Gets one on the break when uh, when uh, when the sorry Matthias Cunha is just talking there. He's lost some good calls, but um, but uh, yeah, like I mean, I think I think and 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 Bordalas has just come out and said that they they missed they they missed like or they lacked a certain kind of a. Uh, officio, whatever officio is kind of like they lacked a, a kind of a command of the game, or a, mm. a, a, I don't know how to translate that word directly, but uh, they, they kind of lacked that bit of kind of uh, composure, I guess, and, and uh, the ability to kind of calm things down. But because the, the, the game just completely got away from them, Atletico Madrid won it and deserved to win it, I think, based on the fact that Valencia just completely crumbled, and it was Atletico that obviously forced them to, to, to crumble by just going all out and I, I suppose at the same time Atletico 2-0 down um, and, and, and and I was I was texting my mates at half time asking about what does Simeone do like I mean Atletico are going to have to do something and I would imagine that even Simeone I would say even Simeone was thinking like we can't lose this game to these 
to Valencia at home when when the critics are really starting to make some noise. And I'd say he was starting to wonder, like, do I have to maybe consider kind of walking even, maybe? Now, I don't know if that was even really honestly entertained, but it was getting to that point, and I think that Atletico just had to do something. They could not go out and lose 2-0 to, 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 to Valencia at home with, with, in, in such a, when, when things are going so poorly. And... Uh, yeah, I, I guess Valencia felt that as well. They were like, they, they, they knew that they were coming up against a team here that had absolutely nothing to lose. 2 0 down with a half an hour to go, and they were just launching forwards on and launching balls into the box. And just, you know, and, and, and even like, I mean, I was saying there that Letigo players care. I, I, I'm not entirely sure uh, if the message is getting across properly from Simeone, and I, and I imagine there's issues there in, in with. with, uh, with I actually read on market during the week that about it being a broken dressing room, but and kind of clicks coming appearing and all. But I, but I don't even think it goes deeper than all. They're all fighting for Simeone. I think it's just a matter of professional pride as well. Yes. Uh, uh, in terms of losing, like I mean, every single one, every everyone in, in that watches Spanish football is criticizing Atletico, saying how they're they're finished, they're used to this. Simeone is run out of his magic. And uh, other, you know, one of the highest paid teams in the league, and they can't even win a game. They don't play. They don't know what they're doing. Just a matter of uh, playing at home in front of their own fans who've come out and supported them in tough times. And, and uh, I think, yeah, it's just a matter of pressure. But I think Valencia kind of felt that, and they were the victims of that momentum that kind of got going. Once that first goal goes in, it's like, right here we are now. Yeah. This is this is on. <laughs> a lot like how Atletico must have felt at Mestalla back in November when they had that 3-1 lead in the 90th minute and threw it away with the two late Hugo Duro goals. Duro scored again in this game to make it 2-0. And at, at that point, you know, in the first half, Atletico had made two more defensive mistakes, getting hit on the counter. Uh, Mario Hermoso goes down uh, around the halfway line trying to win a foul. Referee waves play on. Uh, Jonas Musa makes it 1-0 and then just a pinball on the edge of the area. There's a through ball play to Dordo and he makes it 2-0. And then come the substitutions right around uh, the hour mark. Uh, well, Correa replaces Lodi at halftime and Correa had a, a very, very good second half. He was all over the place uh, as the game moved along. But some of these substitutions, Robbie, were, were really kind of strange. Uh, were they not? Correa replaces Lodi. Zhao Felix comes off before the hour for Felipe, the much maligned Felipe, Hector Herrera, Javi Serrano in stoppage time, and Mateus Cunha, arguably the game's hero, uh, entering as well. What did you make of these changes? I, I suppose they were made of necessity. I don't think they particularly made a whole lot of sense. Uh, mm. in, in like, uh, yeah, as I said, Rodrigo de Paul went back. Herrera was there with uh, Coke in the middle. He, he, he made a bit of a difference. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to assess it, and like I, I don't really know what what the thinking was behind him, but it worked. And uh, yeah, I, I think 
look, we, we, we won't focus on the negatives of the first half too much in this podcast, but I still <laughs> do think there are serious issues. The fact that Letigo even found themselves 2 0 down at, at half time against this Valencia, um, and Joe Felix being upset and that, and Luis Suarez starting, and, 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 and as I said, when the ball was going into him, it was fine, but what was he doing starting? Uh, um, in like the first half, it was like playing with ten men. Uh, you know, like Koke looked looked poor in the first half. Um, so, yeah, did did Simeone get it right with the subs, or did he get it wrong with the starting eleven? Uh, like I I don't know. And and it seems to be always the players that come off the bench, like and that 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 make the difference. But why can't anyone? Why can't players just play well from the start or something just missing there? But anyway, uh, yeah, maybe this is a turning point. We'll see. Maybe this will be kind of like Simeone is kind of just saying, look, I've got whatever amount of months left here at Letico. I'm just going to, this is the way that I'm, uh, we're going to go, we're going to go down swinging and maybe, maybe sneak into that last four. That fourth place spot from the Champions League ahead of Barcelona with with some with some positive and and, and nice uh, feelings. And Atletico and Barcelona will get reacquainted immediately after the upcoming international break. That is a, a huge game for both teams, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, as for as for this game, it it was really important to to win and restore these feelings. But we've had several false dawns this season, Robbie. We've had several games against Milan, against Barca, against Porto that look okay. Betis even as well, where Atletico won in very emotional or convincing circumstances and then just dropped off the next game or two and restarted the cycle again. Do you see something possibly different about this comeback that could really spark Atletico to life? This, there's still four months to go in this season. Like, there's still a lot of season to play, and perhaps you have top four, you have a Champions League tie coming up. There's still a lot to play for. Do you see something different about this comeback? Um, I, I think... Uh, like, I think the only Atletico. See, I don't know because I mean, yeah. are we going to go by? And like, I'm seeing now online and on Twitter, everyone, oh yes, Simeone to the death. No, that, sorry, they're they're more kind of hardcore Atletico fans, yeah. and, and I understand that that they're with him to the death. But like, everyone talking about how oh, this Simeone. Like, okay, are, are we going to go off? 50, half an hour at the end of this game and wow this is incredible or are we going to go off the six months of evidence we have prior to this Atletico Madrid has serious problems uh, in, in, in in their ability to create chances and their ability to stop counter-attacks when they have had the ball for any kind of period of time and they're trying to kind of break through they lose it they give it up Hermoso hasn't been good enough Felipe didn't play tonight or didn't play in the in the first half um, Versalco is playing as a right centre back. The team is both is both short of options. It is they're struggling in terms of the tactics and, and how they're being exposed at the back and um, on the counter. And they are also low, low in confidence and, and and making individual errors. So there are three things that have to be fixed, and uh, a couple of them are mental that can be fixed with better tactics. But how do you fix the tactics when you don't have the players? So like. 
yeah, I, I don't know. If, if Atletico go out, and, and I mean, I saw even uh, Rodrigo de Paul, for example, being criticised at half-time because of his low pass percentage. He, 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 the reason was because he was actually trying something. He was trying to get balls in over the top, trying to set Lodi uh, free down the left-hand side with kind of big switches and kind of uh, something different. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, you watch Coca tonight, and 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 he's so uh, he's so um, I don't want to say brainwashed, but he's been he he's he's soaked Simeone's risk averse mentality so deep inside his brain that he won't like like so many times tonight you see like where it's like just give the pass, give the give that quick little pass, and he won't. He'll stop and go backwards. Yeah, anytime Koke tries to switch to play or tries a longer pass, it, it invariably rolls away or it's not hit properly. It, it doesn't have the right touch applied to it. The short passing is really right now all that Koke is doing well. And part of it is circumstantial because of Atletico's imbalanced squad. It's the same reason DePaul suffered in this game and has suffered at different times in the season. But yeah, that, that's, that is one reason to explain the struggles, but it doesn't cover everything. Yeah, but like, like, but but the reason Koke is isn't isn't able to hit those passes and and isn't hitting those passes is because of the doubt in his head. He's like, oh no, and and you have to assume a little bit of risk in order to maybe create something. And this is the very problem that they have. And um, like the you watch him today and just a little quick pass inside, and he's so. Like I, I think I think that role as defensive kind of uh, like like you get a player like for example like a, a Rodri, we just say for example who he has replaced. Now, or in an ideal world, Rodri is playing that position for Diego Simeone this year. He's not, but just let's say, just let's say uh, for for an example that Rodri is in that position. It's a mentality as much as it is anything, or it's, it's it's a way of thinking as much as it is a technical ability. It's knowing that that like say seventy percent of your passes are going to be boring little little short passes. Mm. But when that thirty percent the, the the opportunity arises to split a defense, you, Rodri will do it. And it's, it, it, it's boring and all that. But, and the problem is, is that you have to, it's like Busquets, you have to know. You just have to know. And, and that's why some players aren't cut out for it. And I don't think that Koke knows. He, he's so incredibly afraid of being hit on the counter, which is understandable because he's probably going to be the one that, that's going to be embarrassed on the counter. He's so, he's been told, your job is to keep possession, keep play going, and then the 30% chance play forward okay grand he, he but he, he's not he's not built to play the role to know when to give the pass and I, I think that as the lack of confidence continues to um get, gets worse and and the, the the doubts continue to creep in he gets even more indecisive and he slows it down even further and it just uh, it just kind of like a, a snowball effect at that point it's just like look there's nothing gonna happen when he's on the ball and I think that yeah. uh yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, that's him, but it's also like, and that's why a player like Correa looks so 
incredibly different for Atletico because he does try stuff. He's completely fearless and he, he doesn't seem affected by low confidence. He just tries things. You know, he loses the ball a lot, which is fair enough. Uh, but but he, 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 you need that. Like, I mean, you, you watch a, a Klopp's team or, or, a, or a Marcelo Bielsa or maybe not, maybe not Man City this year or that, but like, but like, you have to assume some risk and I think that that's what Atletico are missing at the moment which is understandable because they're so afraid of being hit on the counter because they don't know what they're doing um, so I, yeah I don't really know how to fix that other than accept that there's going to be some uh, accept there's going to be some um, with, with risk comes the only way to get any reward is to take a couple of risks and I just don't think that Atletico do that until they're 2-0 down with a half an hour to go playing at home and your manager's job is on the line. <laughs> and Correa is a player that does that. Mateus Cunha, who we'll talk about in a second, is a player who does that. And they both were tremendous in this game and unsettled the Valencia defense that was really pretty comfy for the first hour. Um, back to the subs for just a minute. Probably the most controversial one was Felipe replacing Joao Felix just before the hour. Um, and Atletico 2-0 down at that time, go on to win 3-2. Spanish radio reporting after the game that uh, Felix did not come out uh, to celebrate the comeback victory. He went immediately to the dressing room, did not reemerge. Uh, well, I'll have to see photographic evidence of that. But uh, his little brother Hugo tweeted several laughing emojis during the game. Now, social media, okay, fine. Um whether we're reading too much into that or not, but he tweeted it almost immediately after his big brother was substituted off. Uh, not to be too dramatic or anything, but is that like the death knell for Joao and Atletico? It, it's, is it, it's just not working. Atletico improved when he went off and they played with more authority, with more purpose, with more energy. That, now, I'm not saying that directly that's not Joao's fault. That's not directly his fault, but do you see... A, something corresponding there and is this the end of the line for him in Atletico a game like this yeah like I mean uh, it depends obviously what what comes out I mean what will probably be said is that he was injured and whatever and that he didn't keep it in to get uh, whatever but uh, yeah like I mean I, I, I it hasn't been good for a very long time and for some reason it's just kind of slipped under the radar kind of almost like um, kind of almost like uh as if to say, uh, yeah, as if, as if, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like expectations aren't as high of them, and, and people are, people are quick to kind of laugh at Barcelona for flogging, uh, or for kind of, um, for, for wasting the, the Neymar money on, on Coutinho and then Dembele, who was injured for a long time, and, and they're quick to criticise uh, Real Madrid for the Hazard signing and that, but, like, Joe Felix is 126 million, and he's played. He's played three full games in La Liga this season. Jeez. He's finished three full games Jeez. in La Liga this season, and 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 like he he's been injured. He's been he like it's been a complete and utter disaster. And he's only 22, and there's hope that he can turn it around. But it's been it's been nothing short of it, an utter disaster. And I was just wondering. I was watching. Um, Saponjic leave an Atletico this summer and I'm just thinking like I mean there's a complete disconnect too between what Simeone and this isn't discussed often nothing but maybe it's because there's no leaks really coming out of Atletico 
and there's no one. And Simeone has complete and utter control over everything that's that's uh, that's that goes on at the club. So, so no one really says anything around like that, or nothing. Um, the, the focus is entirely on him. But like, like, what was the point in buying him? What was the point in buying Diogo uh, Diogo Jota, who is now tearing it up for Liverpool? Liverpool. As a, he didn't as even a play favorite, any for Atletico. As a like, there, there's Mendes. so many of those inexplicable transfers that did Simeone even want this guy? Like, did did, did he want this guy? Um, and 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 you know, I, I just I just there's there's some of those signings, and I don't know how much agents have to do with this, and I don't really understand fully how that all works, and uh, but like. What what's actually going on, like uh, in, in terms of their sporting direction and what they what they who's who's building this team and and I know Andrea Berta is is involved in recruiting players, but like there, there's there's no young players coming through. There's there, Joe Felix is looks like it'd be like it'd be like Andreas Iniesta signing for Atletico Madrid. Like what? Use could you possibly have for him? He's playing out of the wing, and he just looks like. I mean, I know he's 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 constantly being fouled, and his ankles being clipped and stuff. But like, play on, man! What you know? Yeah. Every single time he's hitting the ground, and like, I don't know. You like either the manager needs to get him out of that situation, play him centrally, or do something, or else just don't play him and assume that. Like or or I know that's hard to do for a hundred twenty six million euro player, but like, come on, like, what are we what are we doing here? I mean, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, Felix just constantly moody and and, and and petulant and like throwing his hands up in the air when he doesn't get the ball. Like, what's going on? Like Simeone, he, he doesn't seem to have much confidence in him, or at least it's it's coming in short bursts. He. He'll feel good about him in certain games and, and then other games, which happen to me a majority of the games on Atletico's schedule, are ones that he just doesn't feel he can really count on him. Like he, There must have been something amiss tonight because I thought he was one of the team's better players in the first half, uh, but he comes off in Atletico's fortunes almost instantly. Like less than 10 minutes later, they get on the board. Like their fortunes almost instantly change. Is it coincidental? Is it not? Um, I think you can make a case either way. And that in and of itself is a pretty damning indictment of what's going on between Felix and, and his coach. Um, you know, and I, I want to toe the line here between speculation and what I see when I watch this team every week. I see a coach who doesn't have 100% belief in his player. And I see a player who it's taking an effect on him. Like Felix is almost at the 100 game mark at Atletico. And he hasn't had many games where I'd say, wow, that was sensational or that was wonderful or he's, he does wonderful things, but it doesn't translate into end product. And the, and the team isn't built through him. It isn't built around him and he gets no protection from the referees. There are, there's nuance here. There are a bunch of different circumstances contributing to why Joao Felix has not been a great signing for Atletico. But yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how Simeone just needs to make him an, an undisputed starter and just build the attack around him and see what exactly it is that he's got. Cholo doesn't even feel comfortable doing that. He doesn't even feel comfortable giving him the reins when the team is, is fourth in the table. And I think that's a yeah. pretty scary indictment of his future. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think it's it's more a case at this point, like, like Simeone is, is the highest paid manager in the world. And he he can't seem to understand Joe Felix. Now look, 
there has been kind of uh, there has been criticism level that Joe Felix said he just doesn't have it. He's a bit soft or something like that. And and maybe that is the case in training or something that we're not seeing. But like, surely, sure, like like Iniesta wasn't. I don't know. I don't know why I said Iniesta twice. He's on my head. In my head now. But like, <laughs> in, like, like it's not all about how physical and strong you are. Like there's players that have different traits. And Joe Felix asking him to be something that he's not is is a failing on Simeone's part and being incapable of adapting to a, 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 a seemingly world class player well a 126 million euro player um, and it being unwilling to adapt and also Atletico Madrid's uh, the, 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 whoever it was that, that signed Joe Felix in that why didn't you spend why did you need to spend that money on him when he wasn't he, and he never has been what the, what, what uh, Atletico Madrid need or what um, or what what Diego Simeone needs and he's never been an Atletico Madrid player and like like Joe Felix goes to Man City or somewhere and he's incredible he goes to Liverpool and he's incredible um, and uh, you know I, I just don't really I don't really get what yeah, that that's the thing. Like, if if Joe Felix just wasn't really playing well, and Atletico were, were were playing doing well, and they were getting loads of ball, and games were just passing him by, and, and he was just yeah, yeah, can't score, and he's missing chances, and he's kind of getting uh, yeah, fair enough. Like, he'd be like Joe Felix is the problem, but he's being asked to do something that he's. I, I think it's unfair judging a player being uh, on on being judged on something that he's not built to do and uh, yeah. yeah I think that that's a that's a failing on, on, on the coach and what he's being asked to do or what he's asking the, the player to do like I watch Felix and then I watch Correa and Cunha who I think are both much better fits for what Simeone wants to do and we'll talk about that in a sec but Felix is kind of a flashpoint for where Atletico are going to go after the season like if Simeone is going to be here for the next three years Joao Felix cannot and vice versa. Like, if if Atletico and Simeone are going to perhaps work toward a separation this summer, uh, then you need to build a team around Felix. Like, he's kind of the symbol of Atletico's crossroads. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see what, what they do with with the player and with the coach this summer. Um, my instinct is that they're going to side with Simeone and that Felix is perhaps not long for the club, but... We'll see. That's just, that's just my feeling right now. It could obviously change in the next few months. Um, but Correa and Cunha come on, and they instantly change the game. Like, Mateus Cunha in the second half, Robbie. We've talked about him a few times during the season. I had my Mateus Cunha theorem going early on. It's not a theorem now. It's basically a fact. His intensity, his <laughs> his aggression, his pressing, his running, his agility, they are all absolutely critical. And I think Simeone needs to be using him in a much wider and more expansive role every game. He scored his fourth league goal just after the hour from Carrasco's corner. He tapped it in with great anticipation and in the right place at the right time. And then a, a great cross in the 93rd minute to Hermoso to score the winner. Uh, just how good can Cunha be? I, I'm getting pretty high on his potential as a player. And I wasn't too high on his signing. Um, 
Yeah, like I mean, I think, I, but I think what we were what, what we saw tonight was a, uh, a team and, and, a, and a group of players just completely unshackled and playing without fear and playing as they want to play. I mean, Cunha is is rangy, he's long, he's he's aggressive. He can he can uh, he wants to get on the ball. I mean, he's got all the traits, and I think that uh, yeah, yeah, man, it's frustrating. To watch Atletico play like they did in the say in the last thirty minutes, uh, and seeing the players, and we're talking now about them, but like they had this in them all along. I just don't understand why why Simeone just won't let them play. Um, and yeah, I mean it's frustrating because well yeah we're we're, we're talking about um, we're talking about uh, it now after this victory. Um, but again, I go back to the fact that Atletico had gotten themselves into this into this problem. So uh, yeah, like I mean, Carrasco was absolutely incredible tonight, and yeah, way on the second half, player of the year so yeah. far, without even without a doubt. Like yeah. I don't think there's even any question. Correa a, a, a distant second, but Yannick Carrasco just absolutely incredible. I'd I'd, uh, I'd have it the uh, other way around, honestly. I'd have Correa as Atletico's player of the year so far. Yeah, yeah, possibly. If it, I, like, I mean, I, I'd understand if he did, but I, I, I think just Carrasco for his consistency. I think mm. Correa, when given the opportunity, can be, but there's just something that doesn't convince in terms of mm. his, uh, his, like, like Correa when he's good, he's amazing, and, and I, I think when he's given the chances, he's amazing. But it just feels like there's something that that Simeone isn't convinced by. Whereas Yannick Carrasco is Atletico's creative. Without him, in in in, in they would have they'd be way further behind than they actually are. I mean, I th- I just think that he is their um, he is everything to them in 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 the in the attacking sense. I mean, there's nobody that creates as much. Uh, or as consistently as Yannick Carrasco, and everything, everything in attack is 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 built around him. And I know that Correa gets in the end of a lot, and he's he's done, he's scored a lot of goals. And I think that he needs to be given a bigger role. But I think everything starts with Yannick Carrasco breaking lanes, being elusive, um, and and uh, just trying to be, do something different. Yeah, there's no doubt about his importance to this team uh, when when he's on song, when he's on form. And we talked about this on the last podcast whether we would start Correa, make him or Carrasco, like make him a star, a cornerstone, or um, have him be a regular starter, or perhaps sell sell high with two years left on his contract. But tonight is a, was a pretty good case. The second half, especially as to why Atletico should maybe hang on to him as they uh, look toward a potential restructuring over the summer. Four key passes tonight, seven dribbles completed. He was fouled twice, dispos- only dispossessed a couple times. Uh, his second half was really masterful. After a first half that I thought was kind of eh, ambivalent, indifferent, the second half, he really drove the team forward. That was a great individual performance. And Correa is now the team's leading scorer. He has one more goal than Suarez with eight in La Liga, uh, nine, I think he's a 10, actually, in all comps now, including the Copa del Rey. This is now Correa's best ever season for Atletico, and there's still a few months to go. Yeah, and I and I think that he just needs to be given a bigger role, and I know he kind of can frustrate you at times. We, we said this a couple of weeks ago, and I was just saying, like, like he needs to play more. Um, and I think that um, 
that uh, I think that he, 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 he like uh, yeah, he's, he frustrates at times and he can kind of do some funny things and lose the ball. And, but if you're if you're just if you just give him the reins and say here go on and play, he can do things that that not, not even yeah technically he is excellent and, and he's not unique but he's not unique technically. I think he's unique in the terms of. He's just so unpredictable, and he just creates something out of nothing. And he, you know, he's going to get that Argentinian spirit fight, um, um, and he, he doesn't bark from a challenge. And yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I mean, when you compare him to someone like Joe Felix, like yeah, I, I was I mean, just going to uh, say it's the faith night, night and night and day. It's the faith that Cholo shows in Korea. Uh, it's not only the flair, because Felix has that in abundance. It's it's the fight. It's the hard work. It's the the spirit uh, and the the willingness to to accept. Correa started this game on the bench. He's been one of Atletico's two or three best players this year. I don't think really without much question. He started this game on the bench, and he accepts this role. He comes on in the second half and helps to change the game. Um, and I, I think. Joao, for his transfer fee and for his talent and for the hype around him, I think he has had some comparative difficulty accepting what Correa accepted a long time ago, and that is one of the reasons he has endeared himself so to Diego Simeone. Um, speaking of endearing, uh, is Mario Hermoso going to have more, uh, what's the word in Spanish, ganas after scoring the winning goal? Uh, a guy who, like Felipe, his defensive partner of late, much maligned, has had a really poor season, uh, especially from a defensive aspect, from a defensive perspective. But he scores the winner here playing as a left winger, effectively. Is that going to be Mario Hermoso's future as Atletico's starting left winger? Put him up front. Uh, no, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we're, look, we're going to have to see exactly how they respond after this. Um, they're playing Barcelona at the camp now when they come back from the international break. They'll have had a good... They'll have had a good Ten to two weeks, ten days to, to think about this and to kind of revel in it all and kind of and uh, let it soak in. And but, but uh, yeah, I, I just I think the structural issues are still there. Um, and I think uh, they they they're gonna have to make a signing over the next two weeks that's to help them defensively before the, before we start getting carried away with ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matteo Moreto uh, tweeting yesterday that Atletico are expected to sign both Daniel Voss and uh, Reynildo Mandava from Lille before the uh, transfer market shuts. Uh, Daniel Voss, we know pretty well from his many years in La Liga with Celta and Valencia. Reynildo, um, I'm not an average uh, league unwatcher, but from what I've read and from what I've seen from him, not much going forward, but a very, very sturdy defensive fullback. So that's competition for Lodi, competition for Hermoso, someone who could feasibly help solidify um, Atletico defensively. I, I think that is a decent, uninspiring, but decent start to rebuilding this defense, getting a, a specialist in there in Reynildo and in Daniel Voss, a guy who can play three, four different positions if if those signings come off in the next couple weeks here. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I suppose you just give a little bit of depth and inject a little bit of competition into the situation and something new maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure if uh, if any of them are going to completely change the game for Atletico. But yeah, I mean they have to do something. And just thinking about Correa's role, Correa plays more kind of as a second striker. And 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 the problem I see with Joe Felix is 
he can't get turned. Like he, he so he, he he wins the ball with his back to goal, and there's a player there nibbling at his ankles, and all he wants to do as soon as Steve feels contact, hit the ground, uh, which is something he has to fix. But if you could get him in a position where there was a left back overlapping, and that allowed Joe Felix to the option to kind of in the half space to then kind of maybe look out to the left and, and see a player coming up or else go. That's where he does damage, but he just can't get into that situation because they don't have the, for whatever reason, he just doesn't have the same. When, when you kind of look at the way the game goes, they never seem to have the same. Like like Angel Correa often finds himself in that situation where he's standing right at the corner of the box. You've got a man run running up the outside of him, and Correa can either go inside and uh, and and, and take, get a shot off with his left. Or go, uh, go go outside and, and, and run at the player, either give it to the right back that the overlap, the player overlapping, or else maybe try and dribble by a player and, and, and take a shot. And I think that's where Yao Felix would kind of differentiate himself and, and show his skills. Uh, but he just can't ever get in those situations. Do, 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 do you get me? Do, do you know yes. the, the situation I'm talking I about? I do. I do. Uh, and ideally, you have Renan Lodi to help Felix on that front. But Lodi, I don't know what's going on with him or what's going to happen with him. I know we talked about him a bit on the last podcast in our, our debut of our segment there on the last show. But he doesn't. he's not particularly fast. He's really skillful and has a lot of flair. He's Brazilian, after all. But he's not really fast. He's not that agile. He doesn't cross particularly well or accurately. And it, Simeone right back, a Simeone fullback has to be able to, I don't know, kind of do both of those things well. So I don't really know what his future holds. It's not a really good sign that the club is looking to bring in another left back to compete with him as soon as January. Uh, it's clear that there's not a ton of faith in him despite his recent run of starts, his recent run of games. I, ideally, you have him to overlap with Felix, but th- there's... And they're also very good friends in the team, so I don't really know what's going on there. And, uh, by the way, confirmation that uh, Felix did come back out onto the pitch to celebrate with his teammates. Uh, That debunks the Spanish radio report that came out during the game. Uh, Just just for our our listeners' benefit there. We're not trying to spread lies or propaganda or speculation on the show. Just want to get that right. Who who, who did you – where do you see that? Uh, From the initial report. Uh, well, just where you said where you just said there now. Oh yeah, there are there are photos. I, I don't. Uh, my tweet deck is scrolling too fast right now, so I don't. I didn't see the account who tweeted it, but I did just see the images of Felix like hugging Cunha and then hopping into the pile with Cunha, DePaul, Griezmann, Versalco, Correa. They're all there. All right. Okay, because Car- Carousel were saying. Yeah, that, it was Carousel uh, who said that he did. But Carousel just said that he didn't. Yeah, yeah, they did. That was the initial report. But I'm now seeing photos uh, at the real Oxcar Twitter account. Uh, they have just tweeted a couple photos of him celebrating uh, this evening with his teammates. All right, because no, because Carousel just tweeted like a minute ago saying that he didn't come out to celebrate with his teammates, uh, and he was the only one that didn't come out into the field to celebrate with the fans after the victory. Mm. No, they were mistaken, evidently. Oh okay, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't see those photos. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can see them there. Yep. Oh yeah. Interesting. Wonder why that would be reported. Interesting. Yeah. Well, 
Ne never, never a dull moment, Robbie. It's always drama yeah. at this club. Uh, good, yeah. whether it's positive or negative, good or bad, uh, there is no shortage of drama. And after the international break, uh, I'll bet you there's going to be a lot more of it because Atletico, uh, as we have uh, mentioned, they go to Barcelona immediately after the break, uh, and then just after that, a couple weeks after that, there's the Champions League against Manchester United. Ooh. Interesting. So tasty stuff. Uh, after the international yeah. break, Atleti have a uh, a run of four games before uh, hosting United at the Metropolitano, traveling away to Camp Nou, hosting Hitafe, hosting uh, Levante, basically an arch nemesis at this point, and then traveling to El Sadar before returning to Madrid to host United. Yeah, it should be interesting. Yes, and we it will be... be very we will be here to talk all about it. Uh, thank you all for listening to uh, this bonkers show, talking about a bonkers game. Robbie, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, no problem, no problem. It was, uh, it was all a little bit chaotic there. Uh, it, it, it's a strange one to analyze because obviously an incredible win for Atletico and, 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 and you're happy for the players and, and it is nice to see them all out in the field celebrating. But also, it's kind of a little bit kind of weird because they were awful <laughs> the first half. so yeah look I don't know what to say yeah, my, my, my head is even more confused than it normally is <laughs> well we made a show of it nonetheless so kudos to both of us and I hope that this is enjoyed um, yes and we will be we'll be dropping some fresh content over the uh, coming international break so you're going to want to keep it Tuned to IntoTheCalderon.com, our social media pages, and a, uh, our Patreon page as well, patreon.com slash Chat. I've got uh, some goodies coming your way uh, next week. Thank you again for listening and for your continued support. We will chat with you soon. Adios.